I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When the Penguins had completely or almost completely run out of a defenseman, well, they're about to experience the reverse problem. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins, which pops into your mobile devices or however else you listen to these podcasts every Monday through Friday, bright and early in the morning. It's Penguins versus Flyers again. Tonight at 7.08 p.m. at PPG Paints Arena, I'll be there. 2,800 fans will be there, and we'll see if the Penguins can recreate all of that goodness from a couple nights ago again tonight. And then, of course, remember, they play the Flyers yet again in a baseball-type series on Saturday to conclude this very strange portion of of this very strange schedule. Along the way, they're getting some people back. Of all of their injured players, everyone except Jason Zucker, who's out longer term with a lower body injury, everyone else is practicing with no visible restrictions, no Uh, you know, yellow jerseys, avoid contact type situations. And yesterday in Cranberry, that included Brian Dumoulin and Evan Rodriguez for the first time. Rodriguez, of course, is a forward. But Dumoulin and Yuso Rikola appear ready to come back. Two more left-handed defensemen. Want me to add them all up for you now? Because it's a long list. But let's just say that everyone is cleared for action tomorrow. Mike Sullivan can pick from, well, let's just, let's just do pairings. Let's do it that way. Let's say Chris Letang and Dumoulin are paired together as they usually are. And then you have John Marino and Marcus Pedersen. And then you have Cody Cece and Mike Matheson. The guys who are getting left out of that are Chad Ruedel, Yuso Ricola, Pierre-Olivier Joseph, and now Mark Friedman. That's four extra defensemen. That's, that's quite a bit to be carrying in a league that really still needs reliable defense. You know, this is not some overloaded commodity in the NHL. So if you're Ron Hextall, yeah, you want to make sure that you have depth, 
you want to make sure that you can cover injuries because injuries do happen at that position more than they do up front. But you also got to start thinking, this isn't a great, great asset management that I'm applying here if I have all these guys here. And in his case specifically, meaning Hextall's just added Friedman, you'd have to think that Hextall has some kind of move coming. But what? This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by Warrior Alpaca Socks. What makes their socks different is the alpaca fiber used in their construction. It's stronger, softer, far less irritating to the skin, more breathable, hypoallergenic, warmer than wool. This is the time of year for Warrior Alpaca Socks. When you go to their website, warrioralpacasocks.com, use the code DK to get 15% off your first order. One more time, warrioralpacasocks.com. Use the code DK just for our podcast listeners. The top priority, again, is making sure that the NHL roster is taken care of. I'm going to repeat that for emphasis here. This is a team that sees itself, rightly or wrongly, as competing slash contending this season. So you you're not just going to say, hey, we've got four defensemen, come and get them all. Uh, but there is an awareness within the organization that it's too many. Just listen to what Sullivan had to say after practice yesterday. We have a lot of depth. You know, we have, uh, we probably have nine or ten uh, NHL defensemen. And uh, and so from that standpoint, when, when we do get, injured uh, it gives us an opportunity to put guys in the lineup that have some experience that have the ability and the capacity to play at this level and and have a have a positive impact on our team so from that standpoint it's really encouraging um you know when we're when we've got a complete healthy group of players uh it presents a, a difficult challenge but that i think that's a good challenge to have most coaches i think would welcome that challenge uh, and and it's going it's going to create a a real uh, healthy competitive environment. Yeah, he knows. I mean, he he gets it. It's a tough situation for a coach too because you feel like the villain when you've got guys working their rear ends off, just skating in circles for an extra half hour after every morning skate, and then calling it a day when you know that they're there to play hockey. Now I've. Witnessed myself Sullivan's reaction at times to watching, in particular, Rue Weedle and Ricola out on the rink uh, endlessly after skates, trying to think about what's the best thing to do, not just for the team, but also for them. Uh, it, it's not a great situation for anybody when this happens. But if you're Hextall, you're also not going to be forced into a trade that you don't have to make. Look at it this way. I don't know that any of these defensemen, and I say that with particular respect to Dumoulin, the two-time champion who's actually had more of a presence in the Penguins' locker room through those championship seasons than he gets credit for. But I don't know that any of these guys are going to be some hot commodity on the open market. Even if you throw Marcus Pedersen into the equation. He's younger. He's 23. He's signed for a few years, so there's cost certainty that comes with him. All of that can be attractive, but I don't know that he would be some great get 
for another team where there'd be some, wow, we'll give you a top six winger for him or something crazy like that. I don't think that'd happen. I really don't. So you know where I'm headed with this? If I'm Hextall, yeah, the boring route. It's okay to move players for draft picks. And for those of you who just arrived onto the Pittsburgh hockey scene in the past few years and only ever experienced Jim Rutherford as your favorite team's general manager, no, it's not against the rules. You are allowed to add draft picks, not just subtract them. Hextall has a track record of doing this. This is how he built the Flyers up. Now, I know the Flyers still haven't won a blessed thing and whatever else, but I'm talking about the way he turned them into a team that had absolutely, or from a team that had absolutely no direction, into one that added a significant amount of youth, speed, and skill. Most of which, if you think about it, and I'm not going to go on some big dissertation about Philadelphia's roster, but has panned out. You know, the Joel Farabies and so forth, those are the, those are the players that Hextall added. And he did so through the draft. He did so by not only hanging on to his picks, but augmenting them. He did most of his team building in Philadelphia at the draft table. He believes in it. That makes him the 180-degree opposite, black versus white, from Rutherford. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him make not just a move like that right now, but also heading into the future, because remember, this is also an expansion draft year when Seattle's going to be picking and plucking off everyone's rosters. And the last thing you want is to have excess guys on your roster that Ron Francis can come and take from you for nothing. It's not too soon to start thinking about that. And it's not sacrilege to do it in the middle of a season. It won't mean that Hextall is punting on 2021. It just won't. It might feel like that to some based on what they're used to, but let's just say that he moved Pedersen for second rounder. You know, I, I'm not going to get into some deep discussion on you know whether or not that's plausible or who might pay that, but let's just say he did that. I, I think that might be a fair take you're going to have people around here immediately say, whoa, you can't do that. You're giving up on a season. We need Pedersen. Da, da, da. Well, <clears throat> you also need draft picks. You also need to build for a future. And no, that doesn't mean the Crosby window is closing and, and any of that other nonsense too because you can put young players around Sid like they've done in Boston, like they've done in Tampa, like they've done in other places where they, they have their older guys, their stars, but they've built around them. They've added young players. They've freshened up while still keeping those guys. It's possible. I happen to have believed for a long time now that it's been essential, and it's just not something that Rutherford wanted to do at any point. This GM is different.
When we come back, just one question. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back. Time for just one question. If you'd like to leave one, you can do that by visiting DK Pittsburgh Sports. Find the article that contains this podcast and leave it right there in comments. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you always by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. They're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need in western Pennsylvania. They're here for you when you need them. Go to pittsburghfoodbank.org slash help to find food near you. Today's question comes from Rick in Germany who asks, DK, what's up with the lower bowl being empty? Is it because of ad space already sold versus the NHL mandate? I can't see how having a plexiglass divider wouldn't be a suitable safety measure. They're everywhere here in Germany. Well, Rick, the first thing I want to point out here is when you say the lower bowl being empty, I'm not sure how much or how little of the seating sections they showed on the TV broadcasts. Uh, I can tell you from being there that the lower bowl most definitely was not empty. Uh, You see those tarps covering the first, mm, what is it, seven or eight rows of seats. Uh, That is, to me, reasonable from a safety precaution standpoint uh, for two reasons. One, it's got some distance to it, you know, which is always a good thing. I mean, you just don't know about this goofy thing, and all it takes is one or two idiots to to go there all sick and, and be close enough to do some damage uh, to someone maybe in a runway or whatever. The second reason is that the glass behind the benches has been removed or lessened in a lot of buildings Uh, That was done recently at the NHL's instructions uh, per the advice of the CDC based on the players themselves being in such a tight and closed quarter uh, over there on the actual bench. Uh, They couldn't expand the benches. If you'll recall, uh, you know, presuming you watch football or baseball, but uh, in baseball in particular, they spread out the dugouts, the players were given uh, spaces in, out in the seats of the stadiums underneath these little mini tents just so that they weren't all in one spot uh, in the dugout. And the dugouts themselves became used mostly by the manager, the coaches, and a few others. But the players themselves spread out the seats. You don't really have that option in hockey because of, you know, skates and ice and things like that. But they did recommend and implement in a lot of places the removal of the glass. So if you think about the way this virus has been managed in sports, 
across the board, you've seen that there's a big separation between what they refer to internally as tier one and everybody else. The tier one people have to be protected. So, yeah, I'm sure there's something to do with the ads. That's a really good observation on your part that I hadn't thought of. Um, you know, those those are their sponsors who lost other means of having their ads seen in arenas, so they were given additional viewage. Uh, I just said viewage. That's just like totally made-up word. They were given additional viewership uh, on television by having ads on those tarps. But, you know, overall, I thought the atmosphere Tuesday night appeared to be for the most part, safe. There, there's some things that I, I wasn't wild about. Uh, the obvious was however many people in the crowd were just openly idiotic in, in not wearing masks. Um, regardless of what you happen to think or ooh, politics are the most important thing in the world, the fact of the matter is that the arena has a policy. The arena's policy is that when you're inside, you wear a mask. The arena also has policies that you don't run around naked, you don't bring guns in. Uh, there's all kinds of other rules that we all live with. That happens to be the arena rule. These people flouted that, and, and that that's just, I'll use the word again, it's idiotic. That's That's exactly what it is. Beyond that, I thought there were some things the team could have done better. I didn't like the really tight congregations on the upper concourses uh, around a couple of food locations. Uh, that looked a little uncomfortable. Um, if some of this sounds like it's over the top even discussing it to some of you, so be it. We've got a couple of months at the most to put up with this to get through it. The last thing anybody wants to see right now is a spike that sets everyone back while we're all just basically sitting around with our sleeves rolled up waiting for the vaccines. Might as well be smart the rest of the time. For the most part, the fans who were at the game Tuesday night uh, were exactly that. Uh, for the most part, the team was exactly that in their dealing, uh, I, I thought, with the way the, the all of the circumstances throughout PPG Paints Arena were arranged, and if I'm guessing, knowing the smart men and women who run this team, they'll be even better tonight. Thanks for the question, Rick, in Germany, and thanks to everybody for listening. We will do this again tomorrow in discussing yet another Penguins versus Flyers game. Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career-ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.